Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful Flathead Valley. It's Wednesday, January 19th. Last week was an unintended week off from the podcast as I was out sick, finishing up an isolation period from a very mild case of COVID. Thankfully, my symptoms just felt like a minor cold and went away very quickly, and I'm back in full health. For that reason, however, today I want to revisit the cover stories from last week's edition of the Flathead Beacon, which centered around the start of legal marijuana sales in Montana. Reporters Maggie Dresser, Mike Cordenbrock, and Tristan Scott all wrote pieces looking at how businesses are handling the new market share as sales open up to the public. Today, Maggie Dresser joins the podcast to discuss her reporting. But before we get to that chat, a quick reminder that this podcast is made possible in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, there's some extra perks included too. So to find out more or join today, check out beaconeditorsclub.com. Now, let's welcome this week's guest, my colleague Maggie Dresser, who I talked to on Tuesday afternoon. I'm joined today by my colleague, Flathead Beacon reporter, Maggie Dresser. Maggie, thanks for willingly coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Micah. So, Maggie, you wrote one of the main stories in last week's cover package, since we are taking a look back, um, about the start of legal marijuana sales in the state of Montana. You talked to a bunch of dispensary owners. Let's start there. What did they tell you about uh, how things kind of rolled out that first, the first couple days of the year? Yeah, so I talked to two dispensary owners. Um, one was Tamarack Cannabis. Um, They're on Highway 93, kind of in between Whitefish and Kalispell. Um, but yeah, so New Year's Day is when recreational sales, that was the first day since it was voted on in 2020. So they have been ramping things up really since... Um, it got on the ballot in 2020. Mm -hmm. So Aaron Bolster at Tamarack has been ramping up production for the last year and a half. And she has been preparing for this day. And did she, did it seem like she had ramped up enough to what she expected? I guess we're only a couple weeks in, but does she feel like she ramped up the correct amount? Yeah. She said it's pretty tough to say right now, but she, she's definitely in the clear until at least the summer, Mm -hmm. but she's, she will. So the first day she saw a volume of five times the customers she normally gets on any given Saturday. And yeah, she's expecting it to be busy in there. Things have leveled off a little bit. Um, but she said summer is going to be the trickiest part to predict because of all the tourism. Um, it's just difficult to predict how much they're going to see as far as sales since they've only done medical historically. And then I talked to another dispensary owner. His name is Zach Block over at Montana Canna. Um, and he's got a smaller shop, but he has been in the business a couple of years now, but he's just been steadily expanding. He's planning on opening more shops in the future. Mm. And yeah, he kind of said the same thing, like they expect to be busy, maybe not as busy as places like Colorado or Washington, just because they're so much bigger. But 
But yeah, they're all preparing for shortages <laughs> at the end of the summer. Yeah, talk a little bit about their concerns scaling up to this unknown tourism population that's going to be coming in. Yeah, so I had forgot the exact numbers that Montana Tourism sees um, in the summer, but it's a lot, um, so it's hard to predict. There was a study through the Bureau of Business and Economic Research, the University of Montana, and they're kind of saying the same thing. Tourism is going to make things a lot harder to predict. Um, but one thing that is now legal um, is, it, well, so historically they could only do vertically integrated production and sales, which means every dispensary has to grow and sell their own products. But mm -hmm. now, now you can buy from other growers. So... So, for example, a smaller shop that may not have the cultivation production space that a larger shop has when they run out, they can now buy from other dispensaries. So that could help with shortages. Um, so, yeah, everyone's kind of just waiting to see what happens. They're expecting at least a doubling in sales. Wow. So Tamarack is one of the bigger dispensaries in the area. Have they been able to have they had any issues scaling up their production? And are they hoping to be one of those? Um, growing operations that can sell to other shops? Yes, they are. Um, they're not trying to get too big, but mm -hmm. they want to at least have their name in some other Montana shops. So yeah, they have doubled their production space in the last year and a half, year and a half, and they plan to double that again and open up shops, oh, wow. um, multiple shops in the Valley. Well, the other thing that's a big part of this uh, legal implementation process is finally cities are allowed to zone for dispensaries. You covered a lot of that with Kalispell. Talk to me about what that process has looked like and what Kalispell ended up deciding and, and where they go from here. Yeah, so um, all of the municipalities are zoning it within the cities, but Kalispell restricted it to basically the smallest amount of zoning they could. Um, so it's in industrial zones, but that limits the space a lot. Like it's unlikely that any dispensaries will actually be able to set up in the industrial zones. They're not downtown. They're not in good locations. Mm -hmm. um, so they, so options are pretty limited in Kalispell, um, but they are looking to maybe zone it in the future. They kind of just wanted to see what happens at first. Whitefish, it's allowed in business districts, um, but there's not too many spots they, that dispensaries can set up just because there's so many churches and so many churches in town. And then mm. schools are another factor, too. Um, but it is allowed downtown. And then Columbia Falls zoned it um, on a section along Highway, Highway 2. Well, Maggie, thanks for keeping us up to date. I'm sure there will be continued reporting through the newspaper as the year progresses, as we check in on how that is. But thanks for all your work on this. Thanks, Micah. A big thanks to Maggie for coming up and rehashing some of her reporting on local marijuana sales. And a reminder that all of our coverage from Montana's first weeks of legal sales can be read online at flatheadbeacon.com. And now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m. Tuesday, January 18th. 
After designating a 106-acre Summers Beach parcel as a state park last year, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks is now proposing to construct a gravel beach erosion control structure along the north shore of the lake to halt erosion and minimize recreational impacts. Officials are proposing a dynamic equilibrium and gravel beach similar to beaches installed at other eroding sites on the lakeshore, which will collect sediments and woody debris, which are caused by fluctuating water levels and waves without isolating the nearby wetlands. Summers Beach State Park is the last remaining shoreline that continues to erode at a rate of approximately one meter per year, according to a recent environmental assessment, and gravel beach construction has historically been used as a solution in similar scenarios. On the morning of January 17th, the Flathead City County Health Department had yet to receive any new at-home COVID-19 tests from the Montana Department of Health and Human Services, continuing a testing supply drought for the health department that stretches back to January 7th when they ran out of tests. The shortage comes amid increasing case counts and hospitalizations in Flathead County as the Omicron variant of COVID-19 continues to spread rapidly. The county began the month with about 260 active COVID-19 cases, and by this week that number had risen to almost 1,300. Similarly, Logan Health was down to low double-digit hospitalizations at the beginning of January, but at the start of this week, the hospital had 36 hospitalizations related to COVID-19. The health officer said he's frustrated by the situation and he isn't sure when the county will get more tests, but Governor Greg Gianforte did announce last week that the state secured 650,000 rapid tests that are expected to arrive next week. We are only a few weeks away from the start of the Winter Olympics in Beijing, and two athletes competing for Team USA have ties to the Flathead Valley. Freestyle skier Maggie Voison qualified for her third Olympic team after placing third at the U.S. Grand Prix at Mammoth Mountain Resort last week. At the 2018 Games, Voison finished fourth, just off the medal stand. Another announcement made last week by USA Hockey named Whitefish native Jake Sanderson to the U.S. national team for the Olympics. Sanderson is currently competing for North Dakota, and he was the fifth pick in last year's NHL draft for Ottawa. And finally, the Whitefish Winter Carnival is underway with festivities occurring all the way through February 16th. This upcoming weekend, we'll see the coronation of Prince Frey and Princess Freya, and ski juring will return to Big Mountain Ranch the following weekend. That's all we've got for you today. If you haven't yet picked up your winter edition of Flathead Living Magazine, be sure to stop in and grab one today at the Beacon office on Main Street or at your closest newsstand. And as always, stay up to date on all of the latest breaking news online at flatheadbeacon.com. This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast was hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew. Music in this episode included songs by local Flathead Valley artist, Mike Murray. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week.